Hi. So this is kind of off script. Welcome to our podcast and all. The idea came out of me and Danny reconnecting again. We had a video call and I found everything he said super informative and entertaining. This is coming from someone who has the attention span of a peanut. I don't even listen to podcasts. And the other podcast that was supposed to be up by now is facing infinite delays. I'm glad this one came into fruition in like two weeks. Just goes to show that everything that doesn't involve a bureaucracy literally goes 10 times faster. I'm gonna let Daniel take it from here. Basically, the theory revolves to give a new perspective on evolution. So what we know about evolution, what we what the theory is, it's scientifically probably most accurate, is that you know we evolved from being primates. We started learning how to make um, weapons and um, how to use fire, you know, and with time we evolved and became this. Um, now that's like the short version. Now the stone ape theory suggests that psilocybin actually gave us the possibility of self-reflection and speech. So psilocybin has been and is pretty much everywhere in the world. And the more scientific uh, research is coming out, the more the stone apes, uh, the stone ape theory um, sounds a little less crazy. So um, the one thing that, so um, Michael McKenna, he, he wrote a book about that, Food of the Gods, I believe. And um, he talks about the stone ape theory and talks about um, why he thinks that explains a lot more than what we believe right now. Um, because a lot of what we believe right now is that we just manage to learn that we are just species that we're made, uh, able to adapt constantly. And that's how, you know, LOL, I need to mark my pages. Um, so it's, uh, you can find it actually on YouTube where it talks about, um, it's called Food of the Gods. You can listen to it. And in Michael Poland's book, he summarizes what um, Terence McKenna says with psilocybes gave our hominid ancestors access to realms of supernatural power, catalyzed the emergence of self-reflection, of human self-reflection, and brought us out of the animal mind and into the world world of articulated speech and imagination. This last hypothesis about the invention of language turns on the concept of synthesasia, the conflation of the sense that psychedelics are known to induce. Under the influence of psilocybin, numbers can take on colors, colors can attach to sounds, and so on. Language, he contends, represents a special case of synesthesia in which otherwise meaningless sounds become linked to concepts. Hence, the stoned ape theory, 
by giving us the gifts of language and self-reflection, psilocybin mushrooms made us who we are, transforming our primate ancestors into homo sapiens. Now, this is a very interesting theory. Um, and it's even more interesting because they're actual scientists and Paul Stamets, a renowned mycologist that is an expert on fungi, mushrooms, mycelium, and psilocybin, that an absolute legend. And um, he is able to connect science with this theory and explain how actually the compound psilocybin and the alkaloids and what a person is able to experience while the psychedelic trip could cause us to be able to understand not just self-reflection and speech, but also, now this is kind of a separate theory, religion. Mm -hmm. Now, there have been scholars and um, not too long ago, I don't think, um, they published um, a theory that the burning bush do you know the story? I don't know the exact mm. story. The burning bush, Muhammad, that speaks to God, uh, you know, I right? I feel like I know it. Tablets. It's, it's like a it. fucking standard religious story. Uh, basically, that Prophet Muhammad, you know, I think he slept under the burning bush and he saw God, he talked to God, and he wrote the stone testaments, right? I believe that's yeah. accurate. We need fact checkers here. Um, Quick, let me talk. open Google. <laughs> um, but there is, they've connected the burning bush to the Akachia bush, which is found in that region and is a psychoactive plant. The theory is that some guy um, slept under that bush or somehow ingested some of that bush and got a psychoactive psychedelic experience and thought he talked to God, had a lot of self-realizations and at that time was completely like he saw it. It is real. He saw it. He experienced it. It is as real as anything. So that's a theory of how maybe we actually got the idea of our religion that we have now that it means there is a God and these are the things we have to do to follow and be able to fall into his grace when our time comes. Like, it makes for me a lot more sense, you know, especially when you know how you are under psychedelics, you can connect and understand why someone would think those things and come out that way. Um, no. The, like a, the psilocybin mushroom is, is, is more, the more I research it, more and more fascinating. Um, how much it's intertwined with history, especially in Latin America, the, the Aztecs, the Mayans, they were pretty much religions based on this mushroom. There were, um, they were having rituals. They were having, they were uh, carved sculptures in the shape of giant mushrooms. Like that was their culture. It was part of that. And they probably had the most valid 
holy religious sacrament. You know, Christians have a sacrament, but you have to rely wholly and completely on faith that you're eating the flesh of God and drinking his blood. You have to have faith in that. They have the ability to show you it, to, for you to experience, to experience yourself, making their religion more valid than anyone else because they're the closest that will come to some experience like that that can actually validate a supernatural power. And the even more fascinating thing is, well, actually not fascinating. It's pretty expected. Basically, what happened is the Christians got there, the Spanish, and they were scared that this mushroom would undermine their authority, their religious authority. And rightfully so, because that compound gives you a way to see much further than what a fucking priest tells you. Like, it's pretty, you know, self-explanatory, self you know, what they did. They fucking butchered them. They fucking locked them up. Anything that had to do with psilocybin or mescaline, um, which is the peyote cactus also. They smashed um, all of the sculptures that somehow hinted to this religion and to these rituals. And I think there are about a hundred of these sculptures left. Um, and Paul Stamets has, I think, 16 of them. It is incredible how we managed to kill out, okay, I should say potentially because it's none of this is complete fact, but there's a lot of things, you know, we know that um, the ancient civilizations, especially in Latin America, have been using these um, compounds for thousands of years. We know humanity has been using plant, psychoactive and psychedelic plants and fungi for thousands of years. But I'm baffled how we managed to destroy so much culture and still are in that continent alone. And we're still scared of looking back at what actually happened and how we literally took away another religion with a plant that could explain so many of humankind's mysteries just because, again, Christianity, another religion that claims to have the one and only God. And anyone who opposes that, well, they need to fuck off, obviously. Um, and it's it's crazy. It's insane to me the more I read about this. And, you know, it's one thing when you actually, like, read a theory from some YouTuber or some cunt that was, like, a teacher for I don't know how many years. It's another when you have actual scientists, like, going more and more into this topic because they say there is actually something to it. And I start hanging on to that. Because there are a lot of things explained by psychedelics, not completely explained, but hinted a way for us to find a lot of answers and probably the only connection for uh, that we can make between science and spirituality. The two things that have been the most apart and opposed for as long as I know, 
this is a way to bring a connection because we can try studying spirituality. Never before has this been really an option to study psychedelics and um, the mind under psychedelics. They can study um, or try studying schizophrenic minds by studying how people under psychedelics influence when they're hallucinating. The fact that we found uh, that uh, Albert Hoffman um, he discovered LSD. Actually, tomorrow, it's bi uh, Bicycle Day, the day Albert Hoffman um, invented LSD, the compound, um, thanks to getting the psilocybin mushroom sent to him in Switzerland. Uh, um, um, wait, tomorrow's also Bicycle Day? Tomorrow's Bicycle Day. Damn, I love how you connected all these things. <laughs> <laughs> they are all, all connected. It is, it's, I don't, I don't know why it's bicycle day and the day after that it's 420 um oh, yeah, but, it is. <laughs> yeah so it's a good month for um hippies but <laughs> it's it's a it's a fucking interesting thing to, uh, to think about and to read about um and now that we have research showing and proving one psychedelics are inherently um from nature inherently um sorry they're from nature anti-addictive if you take a high dose of an uh, of psychedelics you will not want to take that like immediately again when you come down you'll be like you need a break from that because it usually isn't a nice trip when you take a high dose and that's why what a lot of um where we need to make a strong distinguishing. A lot of the research that is going on with psychedelics, they work on high dose psychedelics. Um, so they do high dose of psilocybin or um, of LSD. And now, and um, a couple of years ago, actually, microdosing has become very popular. The thought of consuming small amounts of psychedelics not enough to actually have an impact on you, on your visuals, but enough to have a chemical impact on your body. Um, but basically, you have to make a break in between days where you take them. Because the moment you take psychedelics, your body starts building a tolerance extremely fast. That's why you can't take psychedelics constantly. You'll just build up a tolerance. You won't feel shit if you take them. Um, if you take a high dose. So what's the recommended like period? So, you know, take them three months, six months. It really depends on you. It Here's the thing. Psychedelics are incredibly individual things. Like, it depends solely on you. How comfortable you feel. How is your state of mind? You need to consider set and setting as two of the most important things when thinking about taking psychedelics because um, no matter how many times you take psychedelics, you won't have the same experience because it completely depends on your set and setting, your mindset and where you are. They can completely change your experience. They can completely change your trip. And there is a psychedelic guide, which was uh, written by a researcher from, I think, John Hopkins with Psychedelic Studies. And that book really explains exactly 
how to use psychedelics to help yourself, why, how, for whom. But again, it's so incredibly individual and it's important to talk with yourself and talk with someone who knows psychedelics. It is important to talk to yourself. Um, it is important to have a day before you take the psychedelics to prepare mentally, you know, think about what the, what are your expectations? You know, you're not supposed to have too high expectations, but also not none. Think about what are your expectations? What are you, what do you plan on gaining out of this experience? What is the goal of, of this trip? Then you would do the trip. And if you're doing a high dose, especially if you have no experience, very recommended is to have a guide with you, which can be anyone that you feel comfortable around that is sober, that can just be there with you if you need it. Um, it is better to have someone that is actually a psychotherapist that has experience with psychedelics that is harder to get by, but there are um, more and more organizations around the world that are um, training guides. And there is the Guild of Guides in Holland that is training psychedelic psychotherapists. And you can basically call them up and make a meeting so they come to your place or whatever you, you know, decide on and they guide you. Um, now, there are many, many different aspects to be considered um, about that day when you take psychedelics. Um, but after that, that day, you need to take slow. A lot of the, uh, a lot of things that people do that are um, causing them not to have the full experience and the full potential of these compounds is um, they don't take the next day to um, think about what they saw, what they experienced. It's important to take the day after your trip to um, really connect things. Think about your trip and you know, that's when you can start realizing a lot of other things. You will realize a lot of things probably in your trip, but a lot of other things, if you want these realizations to stay, you have to, you know, write them down, sort them out, and then have them to be able to remind yourself also, because these are still not magical compass that will fix any issue. They are helpful tools extremely helpful tools for the minds of people anyone i'm you know talking about mental disorders and addiction treatment which is an important thing that we don't have good treatment for not very good treatment for a lot of issues with those treatments um you know and it is important to say that Healthy people can also benefit a lot from taking psychedelics if they do it right, if they are knowledgeable about it and take the necessary measures to make an optimal experience, you know? And the thing is, everyone has some issue that they pushed away, haven't resolved. Everyone has some internal conflict that is hard to put on another person. All of these experiences you're having, depression, anxiety, you know, a lot of people can connect with it, have similar experience. No one can actually feel what you're going through. No one has seen what 
what you have seen or experienced what you experienced. As much as you think you uh, talk to someone and they really understand you, you have to really um, understand that no matter how much you think about it, no one will see you the way you see yourself and the way you want other people to see you. You think you're projecting yourself one way a lot, but the people will see you very differently because they don't have the experience that you have. Um, that's why these compounds are so important because they work with the person and with their internal issues. And it brings out a lot of things that have been buried. And you can confront them if you have maybe a guide that when you go into these knows how to push you into realization, not tell you what you're experiencing. That's a, a, the role of guides is very, you're being there as a support, but you want to have as little um, influence on this person on their trip as possible. You want it to be all from them. You want those emotions to be coming from them and you want them to resolve their issues without you projecting some of your things onto them. It's so easy to, um, you know, push away these things that are not so important to be comfortable, but they are. It really depends on how you feel and what's your surrounding. And with that, you can train to concentrate on the specific things that you want to resolve so that's where the first part comes in you know you thought about your goals and you what you expect and then you can work on that because you have that in your subconscious you thought about that and psychedelics will amplify that which is already happening with you that's why set is also important your mindset because it will just amplify what you're already going through and when i say high dose trips aren't good because you're pulling out all of this trauma um, and a lot of things, uh, um, there's one thing that people hunt kind of with psychedelics and that's ego death. Um, the realization that, um, I can't begin to tell you how many, uh, Reddit posts, like I have hunted down to read about ego death. <laughs> oh yeah. Ego death is an insane thing. Oh my God. It's. It's funny because there'll be a lot of people in Reddit in subreddits talking in like psychedelic subreddits about ego death. But that's not really ego death because you're constantly talking about yourself. So it's kind of contradictory. It's very, very complicated. And it's always very complicated to explain that. Because if you've actually had ego death, you will feel no urge to prove yourself put yourself out there constantly tell your story you don't care because you don't care what other people think of you you don't care about how you seem to other people anymore you've killed your ego with realization um and when you say realization what realization the truth what is the truth the truth is individual every other person has their own truth they have to find that truth and psychedelics can help with that not cause it um what pisses me off is when people say drugs cause behavior there um i saw yesterday i read an article from the new yorker that a guy in canada who killed a jewish woman um the, uh, that he didn't like was like he beat her and then threw her out of the window while screaming Allahu Allahu and he was deemed innocent 
uh, well, not innocent, but he will, uh, he was deemed not competent to stand trial because the drugs, cannabis affected uh -huh. his mental state. So he was under the influence, so he can't be charged for that crime because if you're pronounced insane, you can't, you know, you can held be, uh, be held responsible for your crime. Oh, so he pleaded insanity. Yeah, for cannabis use. That's ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> it is so like, fucking stupid. It is, you know, yes, cannabis can cause psychosis. And people that have already, you know, pre-existing conditions, it can cause psychosis. I don't want to, like, say that it can. I don't want to say that like, uh, the cannabis isn't harmful. But drugs don't decide our behavior. They influence it, sure. But it's still our decision to take drugs. It's still our decision what we do after we've taken drugs. It is on us, not the drug. The drug is a compound. Drugs have never hurt anyone. I love Hamilton Morris for this. He said this on Joe Rogan. Drugs haven't hurt anyone. Drugs are compounds. The only way for drugs to hurt people is for people to take them without knowing what they're doing. That's how people hurt themselves. Drugs haven't hurt anyone. We don't have the right knowledge to use drugs and psychedelics. And that's why we hurt ourselves. But you can't push the blame on drugs. It's the responsibility of the person to know how and when to use drugs. It is the responsibility of an adult to decide when they wanna be intoxicated and you know, to take precautions. It is the importance of a person that wants to consume something to be aware of his mental and health uh, state to know if that's okay for them to take. These things could be a lot more obvious and available if drugs weren't deemed as some compounds that will fucking kill you if you get near them. But it's um, such deep-rooted political and religious bullshit that we've grown up with. And it's so hard to bring people into the idea of drugs not being the cause of issues of most people that do drugs um, because they don't see you as insane because that's what people have grown up with. We've grown up with this, this idea of drugs being inherently bad and, you know, no way around that, but except for what you're being prescribed in hospital. You know, heroin will ruin your life. You take heroin once, you'll be addicted forever. But you know, if you're having an operation, you know, you're in a hospital for a couple of weeks, constantly on that morphine drip, you're fine after your, the connections. No, they're the same compound. Sure. But you know, it's, it's different. It's not. It's morphine. It's desomorphine. It's just fucking high grade medical heroin. I really it's, have so much beef with people who... Um... I don't know, demonize drugs. Like, I'm straight edge, and I, I absolutely can't stand those people. Like, no, no. It's, um, I don't know. It, it's, for me, just insane that we have to police adults on their actual mental state. When you think about how many drug tests, like, people have to do for, like, jobs, that's incredibly invasive for, like, our privacy. You can, like, you're giving up so much of your private information to your boss that that's bullshit. They have nothing 
to do with you and your altered mental space while you were at home because they're not even testing you if you're altered your state of mind while you're at work they're checking if you're altered your state of mind while at home that is incredibly invasive of people's privacy that is a government policing how and why and when you can or cannot change the way you perceive things it is a government a political and religious influence on controlling people because certain things will undermine their authority will make people realize how bullshit they are that's why they don't want people to use them now this sounds like you need drugs to find out the truth no but it makes people realize a lot of the bullshit that is being told to them because they find other meaning they find other answers and they start realizing a lot of lies they've been told. And they start realizing lies that you've been told. You start realizing that a lot of what you know is bullshit. And you have to actually fucking re-educate yourself because all of the information you think you know, a lot of it is so fucking outdated. And it's insane that we still teach that. Bro, when I think about it, imagine being a 50-year-old and you get an existential crisis from having those type of realizations like how do you even feel about that like you're 50 you're well past your prime like (laughs) how god i can't even begin to imagine how much like how you would feel having to re-educate yourself after 50 years that would be scary that would literally be scary it's you know you can't like be mad at people for having a certain ideology and not wanting to change that because at a some at some point when you've been so into what is fact and what is not, you just don't pull away even when you're told otherwise. You just back up and double down. You know, um, the thing is, uh, Michael Pollan in his book he says. Um, he finds psychedelics are wasted on the young. I disagree with that, but he says they're wasted on the young and they should really be used by people that are entering their second half of life. You know, um, people that are past their prime and have to make a new deal with themselves of how their life is going to go on now. Um, and yes, I think a lot of people, you know, after like a midlife crisis, that shit happens for a reason. Because you reach some point where you're like, what the fuck am I doing right now? You know, that's where psychedelics can be really useful because they can bring you back and, you know, show you other options. Um, that's very important, you know, because... If you're like doing a job your entire life at some point, you have a midlife crisis, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? You spend a shit ton of money and some bullshit you don't need. And like, then you continue on with your life. That's not the answer. It's just, just stupid. It's bullshit. It's, it doesn't do anything. It just, it's literally like having a panic attack and, you know, just, completely acting on it in a really bad way and then just being like well let's go back and just continue doing what we're doing it's just ignoring what is the actual problem and continuing to act like everything is okay and you're fine with it because we're told that this is how life is and we have to be okay with that because (laughs) 